Hello everyone, Miss Jean here. This summer, there's an amazing event taking place just up the road from where we are in Gillette, Wyoming. It's the International Pathfinder Camboree. Now, the Camboree is an incredible opportunity to exercise your faith and to grow closer to God. And here's some good news. You don't have to wait to exercise your faith until August. There's a Bible study challenge going on right now. It's your chance to study the Bible and earn a free collector's pin too. So join the Bible study challenge today at BibleStudyChallenge.com. Something tells me you were a bully in grade school, weren't you? Someone got up on the wrong side of the bed. If Harold got to bed at all. I didn't get any greeting done yesterday, and it's all Jake's fault. I'm Miss Jean. Join me on a trip to Discovery Mountain, where the air is clear, clear enough to hear your imagination, and where every day is an exercise in faith. Join me for today's expedition in Discovery Mountain. Discovery Mountain looks beautiful today. The late winter sun is just warm enough to hint that spring is almost here. But not everyone is enjoying the morning. Harold Peabody stayed up late again and is too tired to notice much of anything. And over at the cafe, Miss Michelle is too worried about the explosion of rattling reviews that the cafe is getting to notice the nice weather. And Mo and Ms. Bailey, they don't have time to appreciate the weather because they're too busy plotting the next step in their campaign against Miss Michelle's Cafe. Tensions are high, and faith is being tested. Will it be exercised too? This episode is number four in our story series called Bullies and Blessings. If you're just joining us, you can go back and listen from the beginning to episode one at discoverymountain.com. Now, come on, let's join everyone for today's episode called Brownie Wars. So top off your next meal at Moe's Diner with our new signature dessert, Moe's Hunky Chunky Choco Berry Brownie. Big enough to split with a friend, but too decadently delicious to share a single bite. So, what do you think of the new ad, Bailey? It's already started airing. My hair looks a little weird. Someone should have told me that piece was sticking out. Nonsense. The ad is flawless. Eh, it's still strange to see myself in a television ad. Stick with me, and I'll make you and Moe's Diner famous. Ugh, this is small-time stuff. Sure. The commercials are on local stations now. But by this time next year, I'll have the new Moe's across town, another in the state capital, and we'll be poised to go national. National? Well, now that's something. Yep. By the way, you need to get busy writing the next commercial. I want it running by the end of the week. You really do have big plans, don't you? Big plans are the only ones worth having. And I don't plan to let anything get in my way. Which reminds me, our plan's coming with Miss Michelle's cafe. Let's just say Miss Michelle hasn't had to worry about a lunch rush in a few days. So, the bad reviews are working? Definitely. 
Something tells me you were a bully in grade school, weren't you? A bully? No. Is that how I'm acting now? Uh, I, I guess it is. This is no time to grow a conscience, Bailey. According to my research, cafes like Michelle's are getting more and more popular. Cozy home cooking? Yes, and I have no idea why it's so popular. But I can't risk her siphoning off any of my customers, which is why I've started phase two of the campaign. Phase two? Yeah, I called a guy who called a guy, and we got the name of a certain cafe owner's accountant. You want to investigate Miss Michelle's finances? Exactly. When it comes to taxes, everyone's got something to hide. Know any reporters interested in a big bonus for tracking down Miss Michelle's financial secrets? <laughs> now who's the bully? <laughs> <laughs> Morning, Olivia. <sighs> Morning, Natasha. It's eight o'clock and you're already yawning? Sorry, I was up late grading math tests. In other words, just an ordinary night for a teacher. I try to get to bed early on school nights, but last night I was determined not to quit till every test was graded. Well, at least you got yours done. I didn't get any grading done yesterday, and it's all Jake's fault. Jake's fault? Yes, he needed help returning some stuff. What stuff? <sighs> Seat cushions, a watering can, some tools, and a teddy bear. Interesting collection. Who do you have to return them to? That was the problem. He didn't know. He couldn't remember who he borrowed them from? He didn't know who Jenny stole them from. <laughs> Sweet little Jenny stealing from the neighbors? Sounds like a tall tale Jake's pinning on the donkey. Go ahead and laugh, but you wouldn't think it was so funny if you had to canvas the neighborhood figuring out where everything came from. The teddy bear was easy, though. Nora lives next door. How on earth did Jenny get Nora's teddy bear? Ugh. Nora left Teddy in the front yard where a curious little donkey found it. What about the seat cushions and tools? Mrs. Amos's porch swing was missing two cushions. And now Guy Watts knows he can't leave his garage door open. Jenny couldn't resist taking a look around? She took more than a look. She carried a hammer and a wrench back to Jake's. But we still don't know where she got the watering can. Hmm, too bad she isn't Balaam's donkey. <laughs> Why is that? It would be easier to get the suspect to talk. <laughs> I got 96% on the math test. What do you get, Janet? Huh, 97%. I beat you, Logan. Haven't you guys learned? It's not polite to brag. Someone got up on the wrong side of the bed. If Harold got to bed at all. You're just jealous because I'm going to win $2,000 and you're not. Hey, Janet, look, your twin is here. Harold Peabody, if you're not careful, I'm gonna... Are you ready to finish Balaam's story? Yeah! Who remembers where we left off? Balaam knew God didn't want him to curse the Israelites, but he went away because he wanted the money King Balak offered him. His donkey was smarter than he was, and when she saw an angel in the road, she tried to stop, but Balaam punished the poor thing. The most amazing part of the story was when the donkey talked to Balaam. No, the most amazing part was when Balaam actually talked back. Like having a conversation with the donkey was normal. <laughs> I talk to Jenny sometimes, but so far she doesn't really say anything back. But she is a really good listener. 
<laughs> because she's got such big ears. All right, class. It's time to listen as well as Jenny does while Chaplain Jake finishes the story. When Balaam got to Moab, King Balak rode out to meet him. Balaam, what took you so long to come curse the Israelites? Did you not believe I would pay what I promised? I'm here now, King Balak, but I, I, I just can't say anything. The word that God puts in my mouth, that's what I must say. Yes, yes, of course. I think it will help if you can see the people you are to curse. I have a spot picked out. It's on a hill where you can get a good look at them. A hill? Abdi, we just got here, and now I have to climb another hill? Naya, we're in the presence of a king. If he says we climb a hill, we climb a hill. Are we there yet? Uh, yes, just a few more steps. Look. Oh, the Israelite camp stretches across the whole valley. I never imagined there'd be so many of them. Listen. And build me seven altars. Seven altars? And a bull and a ram to be sacrificed on each? Balaam ordered that seven altars be built. Balak had his men set to work. Soon, they were finished. All right, Balaam. You have your altars. Now will you curse these people? Uh, stay here, O king, while I go off a ways. Perhaps the Lord will come to meet me. What is our master doing? He already knows he's not to curse the Israelites. Uh, perhaps he hopes God will be pleased with so many sacrifices and will finally let him do what King Balak wants. But can God be bribed? Bribe God? I wouldn't think so. Well, at least this gives me a chance to rest. Right, Sage? Uh, I'll just close my eyes for a moment. Nanaya, Master Balaam is back. Uh, already? Let's get closer. I, I don't want to miss a word. Well, Balaam, the sacrifices have been completed. What has your God shown you concerning these Israelites? Uh, he's given me these words. How can I curse whom God has not cursed? Who can count Jacob's descendants as numerous as dust? What are you doing? I brought you here to curse my enemies, but now you bless them. Uh, I must take care to say what the Lord puts into my mouth, and he put blessings in my mouth. But I'm the one paying you. Let's try it again. I'll take you to a better vantage point at the top of Mount Pisgah. The top of Mount Pisgah? Climbing this hill wasn't enough. Now we have to go to the top of Pisgah? Why can't King Balak just take a no for an answer? Balaam, Balak, and the others climbed to the top of Mount Pisgah. We have built seven more altars, Balaam, and made sacrifices on them. What does the Lord say now? The Lord says this, rise up, Balak, and listen. God is not a man, so he does not lie. 
He is not human, so he does not change his mind. God has blessed and I cannot reverse it. No misfortune is in his plan for Jacob, for the Lord their God is with them. You are blessing them again? If you can't curse them, at least don't bless them. Didn't I tell you that whatever the Lord says, I must do? Hmm, I know the problem. You haven't seen the entire Israelite camp. I'll take you to the top of Mount Peer, which overlooks the whole encampment. Maybe when you see how many of them there really are, your God will finally let you curse them. I know, Sage. I have to climb another mountain. I'm beginning to think King Balak is trying to curse me. And so Balaam, Balak, and the others climb to the top of Mount Peor. There. You see the whole camp now. We built seven more altars, made seven more sacrifices. Now, go talk to your God or whatever it is that you do. This time, I already know what God says. Oh? This is the message of one who hears the words of God. How beautiful are your tents, O Jacob. They spread before me like palm groves. Their kingdom will be exalted. Blessed is everyone who blesses you, O Israel, and cursed is everyone who curses you. That's it! You have blessed these people three times. Off with you! I said I would reward you richly, but the Lord has denied you that reward. It has to be this way, Balak. I can't speak against God. Just leave. So, that's it? No other mountains to climb? We get to go home now? Yes, we can go home now. After all that traveling, all that climbing, King Balak didn't get his curses, and Balaam didn't get his money. Sage was the only one who knew we were making this trip for nothing. <laughs> You've always said that little donkey is wiser than the rest of us. Now come on, Nanaya. Let's head home. Uh, Nanaya, what are you waiting for? I'm waiting for Sage to say, I told you so. <laughs> oh, Nanaya. Are you enjoying the Bible story? I'm sure that Mrs. Olson's class is too. We'll check in with them right after the break. Hi, Director Doug here. Are you an aspiring voice actor? Do you think that you might be the next Jacob P. Donovan? Contact us for more information at discoverymountain.com. Hey, it's Sean Boonstra, Speaker Director of The Voice of Prophecy. Has Discovery Mountain been an encouragement to the children in your life? Weekly Discovery Mountain episodes are made possible through the generosity of our supporters. Would you like to join us as a supporter? Call us at 1-877-566-7365. Class, let's thank Chaplain Jake for coming today. Chaplain Jake, I have a question. Yeah, Janet? It sounded like Balaam didn't always do the right thing. But he did do the right thing here. He obeyed God and didn't curse the Israelites. That's a good ending to the story. Right, but this isn't the end. It isn't? 
Uh, no, Balaam went home, but he just couldn't let go of the idea of getting rich. So he came up with another way to try to collect the reward. You mean he cursed the Israelites after all? Uh, not exactly. He told King Balak how to get the Israelites to break God's law. You see, he thought God would abandon them if they disobeyed. Then King Balak could drive them out. But that's not what happened. Well, the Moabites did get Israel to sin, but they repented. Sincerely, they really meant it, and God forgave them. Did Balaam get his money? I guess so, but he didn't have long to enjoy it. Unfortunately, he died in battle not long afterwards, and he was fighting against the Israelites. Fighting against the Israelites? Hmm, there are a lot of good lessons to be learned from this story, aren't there? Uh, yeah. Like, don't get so greedy. You try to fight against God. Yeah. <laughs> don't hurt the donkey. No problem, Logan. None of us would ever be mean to an animal. That's great. But there's more to it than that. There is? Yeah. My dad explained it to me when we were on a fishing trip. That's when he told me the story of Balaam. What does fishing have to do with not hurting a donkey? We were in a big hurry but a fox was on the road in front of us, so we had to slow down. What happened then? I was mad at the fox, but it turns out it may have saved our lives. If we hadn't slowed down for it, we might have skidded off the road when we hit an icy corner. Just like Balaam was mad at his donkey, but he was actually trying to save his life? Exactly. When you're frustrated because your plans aren't working fast enough... Don't get mad at the donkey. <laughs> that's right. Whatever it is that's getting in your way, God might be using it for a reason. Logan, that was an excellent point. In fact, it was so good, I'm going to count it as your what I've learned from an animal assignment. Really? Yes, and you get an A+. All right. Hey. What's the matter, Harold? Are you jealous because I got an A+, on my assignment? No, I'm mad because Jenny just untied my shoe. Hey, uh, uh. <laughs> Harold. You just learned something from an animal. Oh yeah? What's that? Jenny just taught you not to doze off when she's around. Uh, hello? Hi, Pastor Peabody. May I speak with Harold? Or is he napping? Napping? I don't think so. Although, he has seemed rather tired lately. Yeah, I've noticed. He's been in his room since he got home from school. He said he had something important to work on. I hope it's a science project. That's why I called. Okay, I'll take the phone to him. Harold, Logan's on the phone. Something about your science project. Is that what you're working on? Uh, my science project? Yeah, yeah, I'm working on a science project. Good, well, here's Logan. Hey Logan, what's up? Are you really working on science or just playing Artitect? For the last time, I'm not playing. I'm seriously working. You just lied to your dad. No, not exactly. Architecture is as much as science as an art. So that's how you justify telling him you're working on a science project. Really, Harold, I told you to think this through. I am thinking. Now, are you just trying to be my conscience, or did you call for a reason? Have you picked a science project yet? I mean, 
a real one. I haven't had much time to think about it. Silly bird. Why don't you come help me with mine? I'm designing a solar oven. It can be a joint project. I don't know. I've got a lot of other stuff to do. Like already text. No, like like the assignment Mrs. Olsen gave us about what we've learned from animals. Some of us weren't lucky enough to already have a story. Yeah, that was pretty sweet. Tell you what, you can use the idea I had before Mrs. Olsen gave me the credit for the fox story. What idea? The other day I was playing with Stormy with this laser pointer we got her. Stormy knows how to use a laser pointer? She doesn't know how to use it, wise guy. We shine it around because she loves to chase the little red dot. I mean, really loves it. That's it? She just chases the red dot? Doesn't she get bored? It's not like she can ever catch the dot. She's never figured out that the red dot isn't a real bug. She can't resist attacking it. Well, that's dumb. Yeah, but sometimes we're just as dumb. What do you mean? Dad said it reminded him of something Paul wrote to the Corinthians about being easily deceived. What did Paul say? He was worried they were being fooled by false apostles. They were chasing fairy tales, things that sounded nice but weren't true. Like Stormy chases the red dot. Right. Sometimes we chase pipe dreams, bright, shiny objects that will never satisfy us. No way. We're smarter than cats. Are we? If we're not careful, it's easy to get distracted and start chasing our little red dots, wasting time on stuff that doesn't matter. Oh, I see what you're getting at now. You think I'm wasting my time with Artitect, that I'll never win that contest. Hey man, I'm just giving you something to think about. Yeah, right. Something to think about. Ricky, stop parroting. Aunt Michelle, are you even listening? Sorry, Brianna. Of course I'm listening. Really? Because you're kind of gazing into space. Is my idea that boring? No. I've just been letting my business worries interfere with everything else. Now, what was your idea? Something about a new recipe, right? Right. Last night on Cafe Quest, Chef Tyler featured a dish called Haitian tacos. Haitian tacos? They're pretty spicy, but the topping they used reminded me of something my grandma used to call Texas caviar. Oh, I think that's the same thing as cowboy caviar. Beans, corn, and peppers marinated in some sort of dressing? That's it. It's great with tortilla chips, but I have an even better idea. All right, now that I'm paying attention, let's hear it. Why not take those ingredients and toss them with pasta, crumbled Mexican cheese, and some sort of yummy dressing? Hmm, like a cilantro lime dressing. Could work. It would be a good special for the lunch crowd. <laughs> lunch crowd? Have you looked around lately? Come on, Aunt Michelle. I know things have been kind of slow. Kind of slow? All right, really slow. But it's just a slump. It won't last. I wish I had your optimism. I just don't know how we'll recover from the bad publicity we've been getting. Maybe we should advertise. We do run an ad every week in the Discovery Mountain Dispatch. And I keep discovered in social media. Sorry, I couldn't help eavesdropping. It's not like there's any other conversations going on since we have no customers right now. That's the whole problem, Hattie. No customers. What about television advertising? That takes a lot of money. Money we don't have right now since we have... No, no customers. customers. Speaking of television, check this out. I have it on my laptop. Um, here. So top off your next meal at Moe's Diner with our new signature dessert. 
Moe's Hunky Chunky Choco Berry Brownie. Big enough to split with a friend, but too decadently delicious to share a single bite. Notice anything familiar? Yeah. It's like they took our chocolate chip brownie with Greek vanilla yogurt and fresh strawberries and turned it into a health hazard. They stole our idea. Yep, their brownies versus ours. Brownie wars. Yes, and notice anything else? That face. I think she's one of the reporters who came in all the time during Governor Ward's trial. You're right. No wonder she looked familiar. Funnily enough, she loved my brownies. Did she steal the recipe? Hmm, I wonder if my mom knows her. They're both reporters. We could ask her. Oh, there's my phone. Hello? What? Why? I don't understand. Okay, I'll try not to worry. Thanks for letting me know. Bye. Who was that? Travis Manning. Your accountant? Yes. He said an investigator called asking questions about my taxes. Why would anyone be investigating your taxes? I don't know. Well, I know you, and I know Mr. Manning, and I know neither of you would do anything shady, so I'm sure there's nothing to worry about. Then why am I so worried? Miss Michelle is worried, and for good reason. Meanwhile, over at Moe's Diner, someone else is worried too. I'm worried, Bailey. Things aren't moving fast enough. Okay, I admit, I haven't found any dirt on Michelle Harris yet, but we're still slowing down her business with all the rotten reviews being posted. We need something solid to hit her with. If she's not a tax cheat, then we gotta think of something else. Like what? How should I know? I'm paying you to think of something. You want that money as bad as I want Michelle out of business? So, you better come up with something quick. Okay, okay. Message received. Let's see. Uh, what things can make a restaurant close down, um, even temporarily? Uh, you got staff shortages, food poisoning outbreak, health department violation, fire. That's it. You're going to set the place on fire? I may bend the rules, Bailey, but I draw the line at breaking the law. Relax, Mo. I'm not going to burn down the cafe. That's a relief. But I am going to call the health department. What good will that do? They won't shut her down unless they actually find evidence of a health hazard. Oh, don't you worry about that. They'll find something. Hey, where are you going in such a hurry? Shopping. I need to buy a wig. Ah, poor Miss Michelle. First, she had all those negative reviews. Then she finds out someone is stealing her brownie ideas. Now they're snooping in her finances. And now Miss Bailey is hatching another plot to shut her down. Yes, something involving the health department. But why does she need a wig? I have no idea. Something's going on, but I can't quite figure it out. It's frustrating. Yeah, definitely. You know, that reminds me of something that Logan said. Oh, what, what's that? The lesson that he learned when a fox kept him from getting to his favorite fishing spot fast enough. Now, how did he put it? Oh, right. When you're frustrated that your plans aren't working out fast enough. Don't get angry at the donkey. <laughs> right. Now, sometimes it seems like our plans are falling apart and we forget that God still has everything under control, even if we can't see him at work. Well, that reminds me of a great Bible verse, Deuteronomy 31.8. Uh, let me see. Oh, here we go. 
It is the Lord who goes before you. He will be with you. He will not leave you or forsake you. Do not fear or be dismayed. That's right. Moses spoke those words to Joshua when he appointed him to take the Israelites into the promised land. You know, we can have the same hope and confidence today. God always goes before us. He walks alongside us and he's got our backs. You know, he really does. He knows everything that's happening, everything that has happened, and amazingly, everything that will happen. That's right. You know, we can exercise our faith and remember that we don't need to be afraid when God is in control of our future. Hmm, I wonder what Harold will decide about the video game and just how long Jake is babysitting Jenny. <laughs> I wonder too. Well, we'll have to come back for episode five to find out more on that and what Bailey plans to do to Miss Michelle. Don't miss it. We'll see you here then. You've been listening to Discovery Mountain, where the air is clear, clear enough to hear your imagination, and where every day is an exercise in faith. To listen to other episodes and to send us a message, visit us online at discoverymountain.com. Discovery Mountain is a production of The Voice of Prophecy. Join us again next time here in Discovery Mountain, where every day is an exercise in faith.